0: Hi, good morning and welcome to another episode of Ask Ellie, Intuitive Insights and Your Questions Answered. Today is, day, uh, today is December 8th and we're going to talk a little bit about astrology and some planetary impacts. But first of all, let me introduce myself to you. I'm Ellie Molina. I am your hostess. If you're joining us for the first time on this pad- podcast, uh, here's a little bit about me. I'm an intuitive, psychic, author, consultant, educator, and the creator of the Psy Kids Academy, a magical place where children and their adults learn to tap their inner magic while raising consciousness. And to learn more about Psy Kids, you can head over to the Psy Kids Academy, dot com, and download your free 16-page brochure titled what if? Six ways to help your child tap their inner magic. And as I'm expanding the Sci Kids Academy in, to include the child within all of us as adults, I've created something called the Magic Portal. This is an ongoing membership site and where I teach important topics that raise consciousness and allow us to access our intuitive abilities, and our psychic abilities, so that we learn to operate from higher dimensions rather than just third dimensionality, where what we see is what we get. And if you're interested in learning more about the Midnight Portal, I'm sorry if I called it the Magic Portal, it's the Midnight Portal, if you're interested in learning more about that, please contact me at ellie at elliemolina.com. Well, let's go and talk about some astrological things happening this week. So we're going to start with December 11th. There's a few things happening over here. We've got a Venus conjunct Pluto in Capricorn so with that happening you may start to display some warm and loving feelings towards other people perhaps a partner then when you have Mercury, then we have mercury sextile jupiter so that's a sagittarius aquarius conjunction and this is where if you want to start going shopping you may find some really great deals also if you are traveling this is a very auspicious day to start traveling however Because the sun is squaring Neptune on this particular day, it is not a day to sign contracts. And even though it may be an auspicious day to go shopping and to travel, you still want to be very clear because there's also deception at hand here. So when you're going shopping, pay attention. When you're traveling, pay attention. You really want to be mindful, not that you want to create anybody deceiving you, but just keep your eyes open as the energy uh allows for that kind of behavior now on December 13th, Mars enters Sagittarius and Mercury enters Capricorn. So Mars in Sagittarius, oh, people are going to go out and want to have parties and fun. And really imagine like the archer, Sagittarius the archer. Imagine putting Mars in charge of the ad. <laughs> you can imagine where that can go. So, you know, don't be surprised if uh, people stick their Foot in their mouths when they're saying things, or they may even be a little bit aggressive uh because they're just so jovial and happy. I mean, it could go anywhere like that. And Mercury in Capricorn will have people though watching what they speak. They're gonna say they're gonna be more mindful of their words. Now, this is a generalization, you know, because you know that if somebody's not consciously aware or emotionally intelligent. They won't be minding their words whether Mercury is in Capricorn or Mars is in Sagittarius anyway, so none of that will make any difference. But for those people who enjoy astrology, just know these are some of the things that are uh, prevalent this coming week and Yeah, so um, I would like to make an announcement right now. Next week, I have a wonderful guest, and I'm going to announce her later on this week. And then on the 22nd and the 29th, there will be no live podcast. So there will not be a live podcast on the 22nd and on the 29th. And then we will start the live podcasts again on January 5th with a phenomenal guest who is famous in the remote viewing community. And so I will be introducing him come new year. And OK, let's welcome everybody who's here today. So good morning, Thomas. Uh, good evening to you, actually. Josie, good morning. Um, Eva, good morning. T-Y-S-S-R-W-W-Y. Yeah, hi. Okay. So so good morning, everybody. And if you have any questions at all about anything that is up and coming, now's a great time to ask them as I move into a money conversation. So if there are no questions, I'm going to get started and we are going to talk about money. All right. Now, talking about money, the best way to do it is to take a deep breath, because as I put over here in the description of today's podcast, people have visceral reactions, responses to money conversations. Some people are unable to talk about money. Some people love talking about money. Some people's hearts beat rapidly or their hands start to get all clammy when they talk about money. So as I am talking about money right now, have a look at what your body is doing. Just pay attention to what your body's doing. Are you breathing a little more rapidly? Are your hands getting a little clammy? Is there anxiety or are you like super happy and, oh yeah, let's hear about more money, okay? So wherever you're at, just pay attention to this. Now, the good thing and the bad thing, uh, the good thing is that it can be resolved the bad thing is that your money consciousness has been programmed into you since childhood so we know how the subconscious works the subconscious works in such a way that you take a child from zero to seven or eight years old and anything that you input into that child it becomes the blueprint. So it's nature, nurture, conversations around the home. So this is what happens to to children. They start to pick up, take on, and learn the behaviors of the adults around them. So they also make judgments and they also create their own life lessons. So if child hears their parents talking about money, oh, we don't have any money, we don't have any, and there's fear and anxiety in that conversation, then the child is going to start to equate fear and nervousness uh, around not having money. It becomes part of the blueprint, just as people who come from families where there is hereditarily um so much money that there is no money conversation in terms of oh just well how much is that okay well what do i invest there or what there these are conversations then that happen without that fear charge this is more like oh okay let's see what's going on It's a whole other conversation a whole other bodily feeling as compared to the person who's having the conversations of lack as a child Uh, Unfortunately, most of the conversations in Western culture, as I cannot generalize for other cultures, most of, the co- most of the families in Western culture come from the feelings of lack and fear around money. And that's why we have the 1% and the 5%, because people are afraid to have money conversations. Now, we've also been taught, Now nothing I'm saying here is new, probably. We've also been taught not to talk about money. We don't talk about how much we earn. We don't talk about any of that. It's almost as if it's shameful to say, hey, I've got this amount of money in my bank, Account. So we don't, t- these are secrets. We keep secrets around this and energy gets charged. Now, remember money is an energy and money is also, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? So money is just a symbol. You know, if you had gold, lots of gold and lots of gold bars, and they were in your home or even a lots of dollar bills, there's really, if if you gave it to your dog, it would be worthless. I mean, it just has no charge. There, It's not worth anything. Nobody can eat it. Uh, you can't do anything with it if it were to lose its imaginary value. So this is really what it is. It's an imaginary value that people agree on and have all sorts of reactions to. You know, back in the day, people had sheep and cattle, and we don't have that anymore. Then they had gold and silver and trinkets, yada, yada. So now, we don't even carry dollar bills around anymore. Now we just have these numbers in a bank uh, in a bank account somewhere, and that becomes our income. And so we get charged up around all of this. It's very, very fascinating. So now with that charge going on in your body, you really want to take a look at, well, what can I do, first of all, to... To remove the charge. Well, you want to find out what the charge is. Like, how do you feel about money? Are you happy when you talk about money? Do you get excited when you talk about money? Do you love money conversations? Uh, Are you afraid to have money conversations? These are things you want to become aware of. Like, what is your position on money? Then the second thing that you want to look at is what is your blueprint on money? So this, we also have during our early stages of development up until age 35 we have created a blueprint about our finances. So the blueprint looks like a thermostat. So imagine you have a thermostat and you're comfortable at 71 degrees in your home. And when the temperature goes higher than 71, that's okay. Temperature hits 75, you start sweating. You want to either open windows or turn on the fan or the AC so that the thermostat goes down to 71. Now, if the thermostat is on 68 or 63, you start to feel cold. You want to raise that temperature back to 71. Uh, And that is where your thermostat is at. Now, this is the same thing with money. And you've heard it, and I'm not telling you anything you probably don't know. But lottery winners, people who make money overnight, people who really come into a fortune quickly, their thermostats are set at a specific number, so let's just take somebody whose thermostat is set at a hundred thousand dollars a year as an annual income. so if a person's thermostat is set at a hundred thousand dollars. No matter how much money they're going to get, if they do not practice raising their thermostat, they're either going to spend the money, lose the money, do something with the money, gift it, something will happen. And at the end of the year, they're going to find themselves, if they do their accounting, they're going to find themselves back at $100,000. If for some reason it goes down too low, then they're going to work and scramble and scurry to get back up to that $100,000. dollars Now, the same way that this is a blueprint, for the thermostat. Think about it. This is a blueprint for your body, your body. This is in your body. This is not just in your mind. It's in your body. It creates a sensation. Oh, you have so much more money. And then all of a sudden you start getting nervous. What do I do with it? If you don't have the skills to match what you do with this money or the support where you're raising the thermostat on your finances, you're going to slip right back down to that thermostat. And again, the other way so now let's just say that you decide on a thermostat for 2022 i'm just going to put out a random number here let's say that for 2022 you decide that you are going to generate well you know since i used 100 before i don't want to go too high so um you'll use 250 thousand dollars. okay so now for 2022 you are going to generate a thermostat that says, I will bring in my income for 2022 will be $250,000 for this year and above or above. So now you're setting your thermostat for that. So what would you have to do? Well, you'd have to practice it. You'd have to practice it in your body. So what would that look like if you were generating $250,000 a year plus what would it feel like? What would you be doing? Not so much even what you'd be doing, but how would you feel opening up or looking at your taxes at the end of the year and seeing, wow, your income was $250,000 for this year. Congratulations. How would you feel? You want to get that feeling into your body. If you're feeling anxious about it, and then you find yourself going, oh, I'm not going to be able to make that, or, oh, I hope I can keep that, or, wow, how am I going to get that? Let go of all of those conversations and just focus on I am bringing in $250,000 plus for 2022, and there are certain things I'm going to do to make it happen. Okay, so now. You pick a random number for yourself uh, for what it is that you want to generate for 2022 and make it believable. You know, a lot of people, oh, I'm gonna win the lottery, okay? You take a look at your chances, perhaps you will win the lottery, do you believe that you will really win the lottery? Is it in your body that you will win the lottery? If it is in your body then go for it and then have that be a number that you choose to put out there, you know me. I would- I listened to people who have won the lottery, and this one particular woman knew when the lottery hit $250 million, she knew she was going to win it, and that's when she played, and lo and behold, she won, because she knew it. It was in her body. So now, let's take a look at some of the, the ways that money is in your body, okay? Well, there are certain money types, And I'm going to break them down into the four most common money types. Now, you may have heard about these before. And if not, just remember, this is not concrete. This is not written in stone. These are generalizations. We fall into money types. If you start to look at your own behavior, you'll see that you fall into one or two categories more than the other. So I'm gonna talk about four categories. As I say them, you're probably going to have a bodily reaction and say, oh, that's me. I recognize myself. All right. So let's take a look at recognizing yourself as a money type and what you can do to alter it or make it work even better for you. So the first money type is the avoider. Um, And I will go into detail about that in a moment. But the first one is the avoider. The second money type is the spender. The third money type is the martyr. And the fourth money type is the saver. So you may say to yourself, oh, I know exactly where I fall. All right, let's take a look and see which one of these happens to be your dominant way of being. So the avoider gets really anxious when it comes to looking at their bank accounts. So you can always recognize, if you're going to visit people, you can always recognize a money avoider by the unopened, well, nowadays, most people don't get paper statements, but back in the day, you could always recognize the avoider by the stack of bills or the stack of unopened, opened letters that would be lying either in their secret drawer or on the counter. So the avoider is so frightened that A, they don't even open up their mail to see what their bank account is, nor to see what their bills are. They don't check their bank accounts. They don't check their credit card statements. And when they do, they get very anxious about it, Now, I work with a few people who had avoider types and one of the pitfalls of the avoider types is that by not checking your bank account regularly or your credit card statements daily, you are prone to being a target for fraud or scamming because you don't open it up enough to, to find out what's going on. So there's no connection to your money. There's no connection to your bills. Now, most of the time people have reasons for not looking at it. First of all, it causes anxiety in their bodies. Remember, I was saying to you before that money creates these physical responses. So They're anxious, they're afraid to look at their bank accounts, they're afraid to look at their credit card statements. It makes their heart beat when they go to open it. And then these people are prone to worrying about money. So when you start worrying about money, and that's a conversation in your head with self-talk, you know what's going to start happening. It's going to get more, you're going to rate, you know, your thermostat is gonna start dipping in the other direction. A lot of people who are avoiders also tend to be overworked, and then they also say, "Well, I go on my instinct. I go on my instinct, and they um, they don't look at their numbers because they're going on their instinct. But this is, you know, this is." This is not the ideal way to either run a business or run your own financial life, in my opinion. This is just I'm giving you my opinion on this one because we're always looking for healthy and balanced. So if there is such a thing as balanced, the second person is the saver. Now, the saver is very fearful. They're always cautious. They don't do things. They make decisions very slowly. They jump in at the last moment. They're highly self-critical and they don't like to let go of past mistakes. They're also very competitive with themselves and they're overly dependent on numbers. The feeling that resides in the saver is one of lack. And not enough. So you see, there's no trust. Savers have a tendency to overwork. They work to the point of exhausting themselves. They don't hire staff. They don't hire helpers. They also create these belief systems that they feel stuck. And there's also this, oh, something is too good. If something is good, they don't want to take a risk. Uh, They're very they operate in fear and lack and it goes into their body and then it creates all kinds of bodily ailments. So it's fascinating to watch. Now, the third type of person is the martyr. <laughs> the martyr um, hates to say no to certain things. So they also need, they hate to say no. So they also have this Urge to take care of the world. they can be hard on themselves they they're very fast at giving but not receiving so they get burnt out and then they get resentful. if people say no to them they'll lower their prices um, they're constantly doing training programs to improve themselves to get better to get more training. Um, because this way, if they're in business, they'll be so good at their business because they've had so much training that people will want to come to them without them having to have a money conversation. So we see this in the coaching industry a lot where coaches, new coaches are afraid to have money conversations. So therefore they will overperform And keep training themselves just to avoid the conversations. In some industries, we have this also, people overgive. They just give and give too much so they can compensate for their fear of having that money conversation. They lower prices for their own programs or their own services. But when somebody else asks for a price or a service, they will just... They'll just pay it without blinking an eyeball or even negotiating. And they also have trouble with boundaries. So if you're a martyr, you'll know where you stand in that one because the bodily feeling tends to go into resentment after a while because you're giving so much. And when there's giving and giving and giving and there's nothing in return, that, that leads to resentment. Okay, now the spender. The spender is not afraid of risks. They're willing to invest in themselves, they make their decisions on emotions, and they're also prone to distractions. The spender loves to take care of other people. They pick up the bill at lunch, at dinner. Again, they're not afraid to take risks, and they they invest in themselves. Spenders oftentimes spend more money than they're making. They have credit card debt. They spend things on things that um, they don't follow through on. For example, they may buy programs and then just not finish them. They may buy books or products and just not, you know, buy, I don't know, food and not finish it. So um, the thing to do is to look at, okay, well, now that I've had all of these types of Now that we've gone through all of these types, see where you can identify yourself. Which type are you? Make a mental note and see which one of these four categories you fall into. You probably fall into two of them. That's what most of my clients usually fall into two. That's been my experience. People fall into two and they, they kind of go together. So the martyr will go together with the spender usually. Um, the avoider will go with the sa- Nah, No, nah, not really. Yeah. The saver, the avoider and the saver um, are interesting because they may go together also. Um, yeah, the avoider and the saver can go together at the same time. Okay, now let's take a look at what happens now that you've recognized, oh, this is what I am, this is my money type, what can I do? All right, so to help the avoider get a grip on their finances so they can generate more income and start uh, dealing with their finances and taking control set up a money date for yourself. I have my clients who are avoiders take really deep breaths and then open up that bank account statement uh, or their online accounts and go in there and take a look twice a week. If it's a terrible avoider that hasn't looked in in like three months, believe it or not, there are people out there like that. Um, I suggest that they do it once a week to get started and to really work through the bodily, physical emotions of what goes on. The but to really get into that account, check your bank account, check your credit cards, be on top of your money, and then if you're really, really scared and you really find that this is very difficult for you, it's really beyond, you know, you really need help, then get yourself someone to help manage your money, perhaps hire an accountant or a bookkeeper. Because what will happen is worry will start to set in, and then you're going to start to be afraid. And so you really want to... Um, get rid of that. An affirmation that might work for you would be to say something as, oh, looking at my money helps me attract more of it. Looking at my money helps me feel confident and successful. Looking at my money empowers me. So these are these are affirmations and ways of being that the uh, avoider can take on. All right, let's take a look at the saver. So the saver antidote. Spend some money on yourself every single month. Start to invest in your business. Start to look at, you got to keep the money circulating. The money has to circulate. It's got to circulate. So um, spending my money allows more money to come in. Money is constantly circulating in my life. comes back to me tenfold. I am safe when I spend. It's a give and take. So you really want to get that into your body. Now, the spender. Spender has to look at why am I buying this? Like, what's the emotional trigger? Do I need approval? Am I good enough? So, stop throwing money at your problems. Then you want to look and say, I am the cause, money is the effect. So, why am I spending? It is safe for me to not buy things. Buying things does not have to compensate for my loving myself. So you really want to start to look at, I love myself and don't need to purchase everything to prove it. Now, the martyr has all kinds of different money voices, probably not good enough. Okay. So, okay. I'm afraid to ask for my prices. I suggest in consulting that the money, the money martyr get themselves a script and start practicing how to ask for money so that it doesn't get in their body that they're (laughs) all right. So they don't have that. Take a deep breath. Look at every single aspect of your service. Know that it's really good. And then if you don't feel good about it, then shift it. Okay. Really believe that your products and your services change other people's lives and that they are worth every penny that Um, you charge for your services or your products. And then lastly, as we finish up, money loves clarity and money loves attention. So if you treat money as a beautiful energetic entity, it will come to you. If you treat money as this horrible thing that is, oh, so bad, I can't talk about it. Everybody else has it but me. Oh, I'm never going to have any money. You treat money that way, money's not going to come to you. If you can personify money and look at it as personification, as an entity, it's an energy. Look at that energy and then say, you know what? I love money. Money helps me do this. Money helps me do that. Money provides this. Money allows me to give to others. I love working with the energy of money and I deserve to have more. Money loves me. The more that you can start to get a healthy relationship to money, the more money is going to come to you. Money loves money. Money loves people who love money. That's why people who love money have more money than people who are constantly complaining about money and being petty. So there's nothing wrong with loving money. It's, that's a whole other conversation. You're not loving money just for money's sake. You're loving money because of what it provides for you. It is an energy. We love the air that we breathe. We love money because it allows us to live our greatest life in service of ourselves and others. Anyway, would you believe that we are at the end of the podcast? I got all these money types in there with some antidotes. And, um... Yeah, I look forward to seeing you all next week on the podcast. If you have any questions or comments or anything, please share them. You can leave comments in the comment section on the Podbean app. Or you can email me directly at ellie at elliemolina.com. And we're going to be doing very exciting things in the Midnight Portal with very interesting conversations. Our first conversation will be working on the subconscious mind, learning how to speak and understand its language, fundamental in anything that we do at all in our lives, be it psychic work um, making money, everything. It all goes back to the subconscious. Okay, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a happy, I'll see you next week. I have an exciting guest for you. (laughs) Take care. Be well. Thank you. Bye-bye everyone.